A father of uh, five children won a toy in a raffle. And uh, <clears throat> when he got home, he called his five kids together, uh, wanting to ask which of them deserved to get the toy. And uh, so he said, Who among you is the most obedient when mother speaks? Uh, who never answers mum back? Who always does everything as she says? And five little voices chirped in unison, Okay, Dad, you get the toy. <laughs> they were, in a way, reflecting the heart that he had as a father, his attitude towards his spouse. This morning being Father's Day, we want to look at the matter of the Father heart of God. And as an overarching statement, we want to exhort everyone to make every effort to understand the fatherhood of God. Because if we really understand his Father heart, it will clarify for us so many things in our relationships with others. It will also bring healing to us in our relationships with others. I want to read two scriptures, just as an overarching biblical base for, for what we're going to be saying. You've already, well, if you were in the prayers this morning, you'd have heard the first one, and Mark read right at the outset of this service another one, beautiful scriptures. But Ephesians 1, reading from verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God the Father's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. And then one more from First uh, Peter and again verse 3. <clears throat> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and given us an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, never fade, and it's kept in heaven for us. We who through faith are shielded by God the Father's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. There is so much in just those few verses of Scripture. But uh, I, I'd like to 
to focus in on, on five areas today when we, when we talk about understanding the heart of the Father. That if we really do understand, then it will enable us to understand our relationship with the unseen world, which is present. It'll help us to understand our relationship with the seen world. It'll also help, help us to understand our relationship with others. It'll help us to understand our relationship with ourselves. And finally, it'll help us to understand our relationship with God the Father. Fathers, fathering, the fathered, the fatherless, all of those topics, and the fatherhood of God is to be found amply displayed for us to give us understanding in the heart of God our Father. As you start reading the Bible, uh, it won't take you long before you are confronted by fathers, fathering, and particularly the fatherhood of God. It's to be found from Genesis right through to Revelation. As Mark alluded this morning, uh, for some of us that is a good thing. It's really a good thing for us because it... it the relationship we had with earthly fathers has opened a door of understanding for us uh, in, in how, how to understand God in his fatherhood. But we must acknowledge that for others, it's something of a struggle. Uh, there are mixed emotions when some think of earthly fathers uh, because the experience was not too good. Uh, it, it left vacuums, it left gaps in, in our ability to embrace the fatherhood of God. Because as we saw earthly fathers, so perhaps we struggle to understand what a heavenly father is really like. Some of us had dads who never really figured out much in life. And so they were a problem to themselves and unavoidably a problem to their children. But for all of us, fatherhood is something that God wants to redeem in our lives. He wants to bring a wholeness back into our hearts so that when we think of his fatherhood, we can embrace it and we can appreciate it without there being these Obstacles that get in the way because we remember an earthly figure. God wants us to be totally reconciled to him and he wants us to be totally reconciled with all else and everyone else. And that will happen as we understand the heart of our God, our Father. It is our understanding that uh, of the fatherhood of God that will bring to us the key to understand all other relationships. God very much wants us to, to have that healing within us so that we can live a life that is, that is wholesome, a life that is full, 
a life that has the ability to face the challenges that will come our way, constantly will come our way, and we're able, because of an understanding of our Father and His eyes upon us, will enable us to step into those challenges, overcome them through what Jesus has provided, and move on in victory into the future. It is God's desire that fatherhood be redeemed. Jesus taught his disciples many things. But one of the things he taught them was about the fatherhood of God. And there's a key moment where they ask him to teach them something else again. They they come and they say to to Jesus, they say, uh, Jesus, teach us how to pray. That was a key moment. It was a chance where Jesus could add insight into their understanding of the Father, where he could enrich that understanding. And so he, he, he begins to speak to these people who knew how to pray. Being good Jews, they knew how to address God. But he begins to, to show them that when you pray, say, Our Father. That was, that was a very, very significant moment. Our Father. If we understand God as our Father, we will have found the key to the healing of many of our relationships. Let me explain by going through those five points that I told you about earlier. First of all, understanding of his fatherhood will heal our relationship with the unseen world. I think we we pretty at ease with the idea that we're living in a post-Christian world today. Uh, once the dominant influence that that uh, affected mankind was was everywhere in society, the the Christian faith, and uh, everyone knew about the Christian faith, even if some of it was superficial. And it was out of that, that understanding uh, that the Almighty God was our Father. It was out of that that so many of the values uh, that, that belongs to God filtered into our society. Uh, I mean, our, our concepts of justice, uh, our, our concepts of fairness, all stems from that understanding of God and his righteousness. The, the equality of the law was something else that crept into our understanding as a society uh, of uh, God, the Christian, and, and the Christian faith having uh, value for mankind. And so we borrowed from the Christian faith. I, I don't know, you may not agree with me, but even, even our NHS, I think, stemmed from that idea that we are our brother's keeper. Uh, and, and the value that God carried in, heart, in his heart for mankind filtered down. And, uh, well, whatever may have happened to the NHS since then, 
uh, is another matter. But I think all these things that are good and right and wholesome uh, stem from, from that background of the Christian faith once having had quite a prominent uh, role in mankind's thinking. Sadly, a lot of that has changed. A lot of that has been abused and done away with. But the idea of the fatherhood of God wasn't too weird and wasn't too strange for most people. Uh, Just about everybody understood that, and we responded to our world on that basis. Without that understanding... We are left with what so many people struggle with in the world today. There's a vacuum. They, they, they cannot relate values back to the prime example, who is God the Father. They, they concoct their own values, uh, values that suit their philosophies, values that, that uh, they think... Uh, is fair, and and consequently we're left with uh, with quite an incredible mess in many many areas of society today. But it is it is it is those who did not have the understanding of the fatherhood of God, His heart, that wandered around and still do wander around in in great despair. Those of us who come from third world countries, we will probably understand this better than others do because there are so many who live in, in, in those uh, arenas uh, who, who do not have a grasp of a loving heavenly father. They, uh, animism, for example, in Africa, Hinduism in India, uh, and, and some other parts of the world, they, they all are caught up in this, uh, this uh, myriad of, of gods who are to be found in, in the wind and in the, the water and in the rocks and in the hills and in, in the valleys and in the trees and in the flowers and in the grass. And on and on and on it goes. And the sad thing is, is that most of those gods are not very kind to the subject. They are gods that are, are very austere. They are gods that, that are jealous and grudging and, and gods that, that uh, are hostile towards men. And so they're always trying to appease these gods. One of the saddest things to observe is to see people putting out bits of food on a tray or a blanket outside the door to appease the gods. That food will still be, unless the dogs eat, then the food's still going to be there by the end of the day. But they, they're trying to honor these gods. They're trying to appease these gods. And it's very, very difficult for them to, to get to a point where they feel, oh, I've done enough. Uh, this, this will really make this God or that God feel okay about me. They're always unsure of whether they have done enough or not to honor their gods. I think that is uh, illustrated for us in the, the, uh, the Greek legend of the god Prometheus. 
Prometheus was a, a reasonable god. He was a real titan. He was a champion. And uh, he, he thought he'd do something about the fact that mankind did not possess fire. And uh, he could see how that a life without fire was cheerless and comfortless. So he took some of heaven's fire and he, he gave it as a gift to mankind. And that highly upset the, 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 main, the main man, Zeus. He, he did not like the fact that Prometheus had actually taken some of heaven's fire and given it to mankind. So to punish Prometheus, he took him and tied him to a rock uh, in the middle of the Adriatic Sea uh, where he would, be, he, he would be scorched by the blistering heat of the sun in midday and where he would freeze in the cold of night. Uh, and and that, as if that wasn't enough, he, he decided he'd send an eagle or a vulture to come and... and, and uh, tear out Prometheus's liver, uh, only to have the liver grow back, and then the eagle would come and do this repetitive cycle of torture and pain. This is what happened to the God who wanted to help mankind. And the whole idea behind animism and all these other religions is, is that The gods are jealous. The gods are vengeful. The gods are grudging. We all know that to be uh, mythology. But let me add this. The gods of Greek mythology are, are fictitious. But they are not far removed from the reality of the gods of darkness, the forces of darkness, the, the, the underlings of, of the enemy of our souls. They, what they depict is not far removed from the characteristics of demonic forces. And you know, try to think what it would have been like before uh, mankind ever knew the, the love of God, before God came and revealed himself in the way that he did. Uh, it would be a real challenge to think in, in terms of uh, having to willingly and wanting to serve such a God. The unseen world would to us be a mystery if Jesus had never come, if God the Father had never revealed himself to Abraham. Uh, we, we, we know today of an unseen world that we can respond to in a very positive way, that we can, we can sing praises to, to an unseen world because we've experienced the love of the Father heart of God. Through Jesus, we now know something different to, to gods who are so mean to mankind. But we have a God who gives himself as a father to mankind. 
and invites us to become one of his sons, one of his daughters, not just in a general sense, but in a very personal way of relating through Jesus Christ to God the Father. Understanding the fatherhood of God will really help us to understand the unseen world. Secondly, it will help us to understand the seen world. And, and what we're seeing today as we uh, listen to the news, as we uh, have people share with us what's happening to them in their own lives and so on, uh, is, is very disturbing because uh, the, the world doesn't seem a very friendly place at the moment. Uh, it seems quite hostile. Uh, it seems there's, there's wars and there's rumors of wars. There are acts of terrorism. Uh, there, there, is, there is famine. There is suffering. Uh, we, we, we're confronted by death in so many areas of the world today. There is evil. There's even the applauding of evil going on around us. And you look at all of that, And you think, dear Lord, help us if you don't have an understanding of the fatherhood of God. When you understand his heart, the heart of love, then we can, we can, we can stand with, with confidence knowing that overarching everything that is so negative and so incredibly wrong is a God whose name is Father. And we can look to him and we understand that, you know, as so many preachers say, you just read the book of Revelation to find out what the end's going to be like. Who wins? Who's the conqueror in the end? And that, that gives hope to our hearts. The seen world seems to, although it frustrates us and, and annoys us, um, uh, it seems to not be able to, to cause us to sink to our knees in desperation. If you sink to our knees in prayer, that's all right. But in, to sink to our knees in desperation and, and just, just throwing up our hands in, in despair, saying, we are done for. Uh, all of that is not necessary if we understand the Father heart of our God. He overarches and he undergirds and he surrounds with his love. For those who know that, it makes all the difference in a not very nice world. The third thing that understanding the Father heart of God will help us in is our relationship with others. Our fellow men, our fellow women and, and men. If God is Father, then he is Father of all. It becomes our Father instead of simply just my Father. He is my Father, but... I know, even as I say those words, and I say them in appreciation and in worship, 
that it extends beyond just me and it includes all of you and so many millions more out there and throughout time. Our Father. It's very significant that when Jesus started teaching them how to pray that prayer called the Lord's Prayer, uh, that words like I, me, and mine are missing. And, and purposely, I believe, Jesus introduced them to a prayer that, that is devoid of an egotistical stance, of a, you know, a, a self-centered stance. And Jesus introduced instead the words of we, us, and our. Because he's our God. The very phrase, our Father, challenges the normal human tendency to put self first. Our Father, who art in heaven. We, we of course, do relate to God on a personal basis. We do. But God himself has expressed in the Trinity is community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the fatherhood of God is the only possible basis in which you and I can relate as brothers and sisters and to the rest of the family of man. It's the fatherhood of God being our God. You and I are brothers and sisters in Christ, so so we don't have a problem with that, do we? I mean, because God is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. And therefore, even as I belong to him, I belong to you, and vice versa. The Father heart of God enables us to have a better understanding of our relationship to one another. And fourthly, it helps us in our relationship to ourselves. I think if we're honest, there are moments, there are people who are burdened by this all the time, uh, but there are moments in everyone's life when we, we, we simply don't like ourselves very much for whatever reason. And... Uh, you know, our opinion of ourselves seems to drop to a very low point in the scale of, of uh, acceptance and appreciation. Best known, perhaps, for bitterness and resentment. And I think that that's that describes the human heart because the human heart, no one knows a man's unworthiness and bitterness as the heart of the man himself. But even that, God the Father has come to restore. He's come to, to help us to realize that, sure, there's not much we can produce in and of ourselves to make us acceptable. But because we are now found in Christ, who is totally, completely, wholly acceptable to God the Father, because we are in him, 
we come into the embrace of a father, a heavenly father who draws us into his heart, against his heart, all the time. There's a fellow by the name of William Hale White, uh, probably better known uh, as, as uh, Mark Rutherford, which is the pseudonym he used to write so much of, of, uh, of his articles. Uh, he, he wanted so much to add to the Beatitudes that Jesus gave. And the addition that he would have, would have made simply states this, Blessed are those who heal others of self-despising. In other words, blessed are those who give us back our self-respect. Blessed are people who have that, that desire and have that skill to do that. To help us to, to feel the real worth that we do have because of who Jesus is and what we've, we've received through him. And, uh, you know, when we, when we fail, when we fall, when we have those, those moments when uh, there seems to be so much destruction, uh, often because of ignorance, most often because of willfulness on our part, uh, there comes, because of the mercy of God, uh, there, there comes a reaching out for those who are in that position. And the lights go on and we are led to repentance. Thank God for that. That is all because of the Father heart of God. I suppose we could have said something this morning about the prodigal son who was someone who had had just come to utter ruin because of willful, ignorant ways and yet when he comes back to the Father, who is there standing, waiting, longing to see him? Who is there who embraces him and draws him back into fellowship? It is the Father. And that is the picture of God the Father in helping us to be restored to ourselves when we feel such a failure. I'd like you to just help me here to preach this little section here. Uh, I, I'm hoping you'll cooperate with me because I, I'd like you to turn to someone near you and say to them, you are restored. In Christ, you are a son, you are a daughter of the king. Do you think you can do that? I wonder. Go on, let's have a go. Turn to someone and say, because of Christ, you are a son, you are a daughter You're restored into that relationship. We are elevated massively because God has adopted us as a son and a daughter through faith in Jesus Christ. And finally, our relationship with God himself. If we know that God is Father and we know we've entered into the relationship of being a son or a daughter with him and receiving Jesus as a sacrifice for us, then something happens with 
mankind, mankind that is fallen, mankind that is tainted, uh, and not worthy of any, anything from the hand of God. Something happens when we understand the Father heart of God that, that paid and in willing, was willing to pay an enormous sacrifice so that we might be restored in relationship to God. We relate to God and we who are frail, uh, and, and default setting is probably, f- probably to fail in our relationship with him. It, it, it doesn't seem to affect who God is. Thank God for that. He, he reaches out to us and, and absolutely nothing happens to his might, his power, and his majesty. It doesn't make God anything less than God because I am now his son or you are his daughter or son. It doesn't change anything as far as God is concerned. You see, he remains powerful, majestic, and mighty. And we can approach his power, his might, his majesty. And one of the biggest understandings that will give us spiritual momentum is when we, we see that the heart of God the Father is for us to be able to tap into all of those things. We'll never know its fullness until we're on the other side of this life. But even now, we can step into it. Uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 3 onwards will tell us that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It's all because of the Father heart of God that we're able to move into that and know it. Uh, with Donald Trump's visit, I was watching uh, the proceedings and uh, the incredible security network that was set up to protect him. And, of course, that is always set up for for our royals. Uh, And in the context of all that, uh, I I saw uh, pictures of William and Kate and their three children, George, Charlotte, and Louis. And... uh, with all the soldiers and police and security men standing there with their dark shades on, and uh, in the midst of all of that, there were these three little ones just coming right up to mum and dad, to, to Kate and William, and, and nobody would have dared to stop them from doing that. Uh, and if, if they could answer... Uh, appropriately, if, if, if you would have asked them at that moment, what makes you think you can just come up to mom and up to dad without our permission? They would have said something like, "Is uh, well, they are our parents. And, and, and looking at that, that is exactly the way God's heart is towards mankind with all of our failures and our frailty. 
Because of Jesus, we can say, but he is our father. And we, we can uh, approach him with boldness. I suppose in a sense, the word father as it relates to God is a compact summary of the Christian faith. The great value of that word father as it relates to God is that it settles my relationship with him. And I grasp it by faith. Even though my mind tilts at it, I nevertheless grasp it by faith. Say, thank you, Father. I loved my father, my natural father. He was a great dad. He wasn't perfect, but he was a a wonderful example of everything that a father and a man should be. Uh, We grew up in, I guess like Ashley might have in Oz, without all the restrictions of health and safety. But uh, I saw how he responded to the challenges of life uh, in a way that that, uh, as the years have gone on, My admiration for him has grown. But God used my dad's humanness to teach me a lot about himself. Uh, My father was hardworking and an honest man, but he wasn't afraid to admit his moments of weakness. He, he also displayed an utter dependence upon his heavenly father. And he taught us the value of being like that. All it did was create in me a God-shaped void. I recognized I had that void. That could only be filled by God himself. My dad's example uh, drove me, as it were, into the arms of God. His his willingness, uh, his humility to accept that he wasn't perfect but that he would do his level best to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and then turn to us as a family and say, follow me as I follow Christ. The absolute best thing that we can do, fathers, fathers here this morning, is to point our families and especially our children to God and do so intentionally. Not only by our words, but, and words are important, but also by the example we set, by our very actions. Modeling what it is to love God, what it is to serve God, what it is to obey God. Modeling it. And when we make mistakes to keep short accounts with God and short accounts with our loved ones so that we can strengthen our walk with him. 
And so my prayer is simply that we will understand the fatherhood of God. Because as we really understand it, we will only then understand the unseen world, the seen world, our relationships with others, our relationships to ourselves, and our relationship, above all, to Father, our God. In doing so, we will see a massive improvement in how we relate to one another as the family of God and go from that place into an ever-improving and deeper appreciation of the God whom I have the privilege of calling Father. Let's stand. I'm going to say a short prayer. And if you feel that you'd like to just talk with someone and pray with, have, they, have them pray with you, there will be a team here uh, once we've closed. But you are invited to enjoy a time of fellowship with us. Let's enjoy that fellowship in the glow of being loved and appreciated by our Heavenly Father. So, Lord, we want to thank you for the way that you've enabled us to come into this moment in time. At some point, having turned to you and through the sacrifice of Jesus embraced what he did for us and thus enabled us to call you our Father. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I pray your blessing upon every father in this room. May they all rise to be great men of God. May they become those who will model your heart. Every opportunity in every place at all time. Thank you again for being our Father. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.